There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at Burrow.com slash ACAST. That's Burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hit the deck. It's time for a must-have seen TV, the podcast dedicated to the sitcoms of the 20th century. I am your host, Barb Hardly, drag queen extraordinaire, and by my side is the uh, Carol Kester to my Bob Hartley. Do you do you get okay, Ethan K? Hello, Barb. And when you say when you gestured over to the side, you can you folks at home might notice that my background is different because I am here in <laughs> yeah. in Queens recording live with Barb in Barb's in Brett's office. Barb's oh yeah, office where's Brett? Office. Yeah. <laughs> and uh and hopefully everything is working audio wise, baby. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? Who cares? We're here for Christmas. Wait, wave wave your arms. Oh, okay, just making one? sure that There's I one. just making sure I can see you in the wide shot. There's because, one. <laughs> you know what? It's a ramshackle Christmas affair. Go to YouTube, watch the holiday special, which is what I'll call this. Because look, I mean, okay. First of all, let's get into my drag look. Let's. This is special. Who's that wonderful girl? <laughs> uh, oh God! Could she be your water over. This is uh, a Christmas uh, gown that I bought at the prom store at the mall. Ooh. Uh, I love going in as my as a man, and they're like, what are you looking for? And I'm like, I'm looking for gowns. And they're like, oh yeah, that's <laughs> like, what we got. These are for me. You got any 14s? Any a size 14, baby. And they're uh, like, yeah, we'll sell it. You'll sell it anyone again. That's the thing. is like, my $100 is just as good as anyone else's, because this exactly. costs $100. That's good for $100. Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah. Every, every gown there is 100 bucks. I want to... It's a, it'll be a problem. Oh, you're going to ask for a lot of gift cards. It'll These be a lot. gift cards for, <laughs> for Christmas. Uh, yeah, so today on the podcast, I'm trying to remember the order of things because I don't got a script. Uh, no, so today we are traveling to December 22nd, 1973. Yep. Uh, what was the number one song? The number one song in America was The Most Beautiful Girl by Charlie Rich. Oh, I didn't know someone could write a song about me. <laughs> <laughs> but in England, it was Merry Christmas, Everybody by Slade, which is one of my favorite Christmas songs. Probably not my favorite Christmas song, but if you have not heard it, it is a rocker. I have the Oasis cover. The well, that's no, good. No, well, Gallagher's singing it, and that's my... I love that. Slade <laughs> never got the credit that they deserved in the United States. They were Come on, Jill, England, the noise. Which was a hit when which it got Oasis covered. Which Oasis also covered. Yeah. <laughs> it, was a, it was a hit when Quiet Riot covered it, oh. but, you know. So, anyway. And the number one, oh, number one movie was Papillon. Which is... A prison movie. Oh, really? I'm thinking of Pygmalion. Oh, that's <laughs> very different. Lady. Very different. Um, uh, and uh, the Bob Newhart show aired the episode, I'm Dreaming of a Slight Christmas. Ethan, you must have seen I'm Dreaming of a Slight Christmas for today. You're going to blow, I'm, this is going to blow your mind. I have not seen a Bob Newhart episode previous to this. Wow. Welcome to the den of Bob Newhart. <laughs> Behind me, you will see a lot of Bob Newhart stuff. I have a poster from uh, Nick at Night advertising in 1990-something that I got at Palm Springs. Ooh. I also have some, oh, I have that surrealist uh, TV guide commissioned painting from the 70s. Uh, Bob in a looking handsome in a tuxedo yeah. and a phone melting off of his desk. While he floats above the ocean. <laughs> it's great. Uh, and also, 
Um, I have a 8 by 10 of him in his office, where he has a photo of him dressed as a general behind him. And you will uh, know, if you watch the Bob Newhart show, uh, my home office is patterned after his office. It is? That is the green chair. Oh my god. Uh, this is his orange orange office chair. It's hard finding what? one like it. Um, and then I have, oh, I covered it up. But underneath that Merry Christmas y'all is a, a nameplate from mine from work that I put up on that door. Uh, yeah, so, <laughs> and I think the biggest connection of all, Barb Hardly. Bob. Uh, Bob Hartley. Bob Hartley. <laughs> I was going to say Harley, and I was like, no, that's not right. Bob Harley Quinn. Uh, yeah, no one... Oh, I don't. I never expected anyone to get the drag name pun ever. Yeah. But Frank DeCaro did, so that actually is very special to me. Good job, Frank. Because <laughs> I mean, obviously you would. Um, yeah. Uh, so this show is one of my favorite shows of all time. I I did some research on it, and it seemed like it was a show that most everything went well. Bob yeah. Bob Newhart was a known quantity. He did the button down mind uh, of. Of uh, Bob Newhart in 1960, won Best New Artist at the Grammys. Won uh, Beth the first. He was the first uh, Best Comedy Album. Oh winner. yeah. Uh, he followed it up with uh, seven albums by 1971, and he had the Bob Newhart show in like 1961 or something. Yeah, the the, the it was the a variety one. show. Yeah, and it won the Emmy for Best Comedy, and then was canceled. It lasted a year, I think, <laughs> something like that. And I've never seen it, so. But it, but. TV wanted to be in the Bob Newhart business. Yeah. They're like, this guy, we know he is going places. Um, his whole shtick was that he would talk into a telephone. Oh, and that's have... also why I have an old telephone on my desk. Oh, I didn't notice that. <laughs> yeah, yellow. Um, <laughs> he would have these one-sided conversations where you'd be able to get the entire conversation just from what he was saying. And of course, they brought that into the show. It was in the episode that we, that it we is, watched. It's also like an amazing premise to make him a therapist who is a professional listener. Yeah. It's like, oh, the guy listens funny. So so he did 142 episodes of the Bob Newhart show. And then he didn't want to do it anymore. After, the, I think it was the fifth this season. This season, he didn't want to do it. And he was like, which is why. So my favorite thing about this, and this is a major part of this episode too, is when Bob was coming up with ideas and they were pitching him, he was like, I don't want children. Because no. I do not want to be the dumb dad who's always getting into hijinks and the, or the, getting the kids out of hijinks. So they made him and uh, Suzanne Pochette, who they cast after seeing her on an episode of The Tonight Show. Yeah. Because they were like, just her banter was so brassy and good. And it was so like, what we got was a show about a couple in their, I think she's late 30s, he's early 40s. The characters' right. ages are weird. Um, who are married? Professionals? No children. No children, <laughs> but they like sex. Yes, that, that and is I in love this episode. That. Oh, and um, and so like at the end of season five, when Bob was like, "Yeah, okay, I'm, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'm done." They wrote the season five finale is Emily finding out she's pregnant, but then when Bob, when they like convinced him to come back for season six. Uh, he was like, uh, well, who are you going to get to play Bob? <laughs> so we, we can't do this then. So they had nope. to make that episode a dream episode. Which is which is funny because <laughs> he, after the show ended with season six, he started a new show called Newhart, Newhart, which ran 40 episodes longer than the Bob Newhart show, 182. Uh, and that has that went down in history as having one of the best finales in sitcoms. Spoiler alert, is a dream. The entire series New Heart is a dream. They wake, he wakes up in bed next to Suzanne Plachette from the Bob Newhart show, same set. Yeah. The entire show was a dream from the early Bob New Newhart show supremacy, that's what I say. Uh, I gotta give Suzanne Plachette uh, kudos because I found out that not only was she a great comedian, she was in Bob Newhart show, she was in Spirited Away. Mm -hmm. uh, she was in 40 Pounds of Trouble, which is the first movie shot Disneyland. But for, uh, she also, <laughs> for about 11 years, she designed bed sheets. That was just like something after, she did. After Bob Newhart show? Uh, no, before. Oh, wow. 1969 to 1980. So during the Bob Newhart show, she's also like, 
And pause. Yeah. I gotta design some bedsheets while I'm learning lines. She she designed bedsheets. You can still find them. Ooh. Uh, some of them, I saw a couple of them on Etsy. Okay. But yes, Suzanne Plachette, Plachette collection. Add uh, that to my uh, Bob Newhart show collection. Uh, and I'm trying to think. Oh, and also for the sixth season, he was like, I'm only going to do, uh, I think, 18 episodes. So there are six episodes where he is literally calling in. <laughs> like from a payphone in an airport, oh. because he like the, the the conceit is that he has written a book and is going on a book tour. So like every four or five episodes, Bob isn't in it except he calls Emily on the phone and does some hygiene. That's that's really phoning it in. Yeah, yeah literally. Is that the definition? I of love phoning? that. <laughs> like Happy Days gave us Jump the Shark, and Bob Newhart yeah. gave us phoning it in. Literally, um, but like this show. So I grew up watching this show. Uh, on Nick at Night. Mm-hmm. I adored it. And then when I got to college, it was on TV Land at like 9 a.m. or something. I remember I would low-key plan my college courses around being able to watch Mary <laughs> Tellermore and Bob Newhart in the morning back-to-back. Um, and I this show spoke to me deeply. I would do Bob Newhart photo shoots in my mm. bathroom in college. I would buy suits oh. and a trench coat and Dude, so like my style has clearly always been influenced. Yeah, by by television, by Bob Newhart. Um, and then when the 2016 election happened, I bought the box set of the entire series on DVD and binged it, and it just brought back all the feelings. I'm, I'm seeing it on your shelf right now yeah. because, as we said before, we are in the same room. Here's my hand. <laughs> I don't know if I, I can't reach that far oh, because the, the the beauty is restrained. Um, but yeah, so this week on Must Have Seen TV, we'll be talking about the Bob Newhart Show episode, I'm Dreaming of a Slight Christmas. It was written by Tom Patchett and Jay Tarsus. Yes. Yes. Um, they, there was, it, that I thought was kind of funny because they, they wrote it, but they were also listed as the script coordinators. Yes. It's like, just, just call them the writers. They yeah. don't have to, but it was created... They, I thought this was fun. It was by uh, David da- David Davis, mm-hmm. who was uh, who created Taxi, Mary Tyler Moore, married to Julie Kavner. Oh well, yeah, the voice of Marge Simpson. But it was also created by Lorenzo Music Garfield, the only Garfield we recognize in this house. Sorry, Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt, speaker of men. God, what the uh, hell? Uh, <laughs> he was also the voice of Peter Venkman in Real Ghostbusters. Yes. Uh, yeah, he he, uh, he also uh, apparently did the theme. He wrote the theme with his wife. Yeah. Um, uh, like Home to Emily, I think is the name of the song. Um, and it was directed by... Oh, I, I didn't write this one. Oh, down. boy. It was directed by someone. I could put the name in right here in editing. Why didn't I write that down? Because you don't care about directors. I care about the writers. <laughs> I, I, that's... But yeah, um, Tom Patchett and Jay Tarsus would go on to become the showrunners of the Bob Newhart show uh, in, the, in the second half of the series when it got a lot more surreal and weird, which I adore. Um, the episode where Bob is haunted by death <laughs> and he keeps seeing people in all black. Um, it's really good. Uh, and also, Jay Tarsus created ALF, I do believe, or Tom Patchett. One of them co-created ALF. When, when you're in the sitcom world, <laughs> you just create more sitcoms. It just, just keeps going and going. You keep working on different sitcoms. You're working on sitcoms. You're creating sitcoms. You're writing sitcoms. You're producing them. And, uh, yeah, and I'm sure that Amazon Prime describes this episode in some way. Uh, I would describe it as Bob and Emily hope to have a Christmas Eve alone, but their plans are interrupted when one of Bob's patients has an anxiety attack. Perfect. Ethan, does that describe the episode? Perfect. It feels like you watched it. <laughs> it feels like I have watched it literally almost every single year uh, that I've been alive, probably. Right. Um, so uh, maybe I'll, I can walk you through some of the things that, that happened, because I, I have my notes. Uh, we have the opening, where Bob's traveling to uh, the traveling opening home. credits. I, so Bob and our show is set in Chicago. When I went to Chicago for my first, my first or second C2E2, I made sure to find the Bob Newhart statue on the pier and get my photo taken, and it was amazing. I would love to go as Barb Hardly and do that. That would be (laughs) a real tribute. Um, But the opening credits crystallize everything that I love about the Bob Newhart show is professional working couple who, like, love each other, 
live in a good city, have a good apartment, don't have kids. It is the queer dream, honestly. Like, <laughs> that is it. Bob Newhart is the man that I aspire to be. Bob Hartley is. And again, I say this dressed uh, like the Christmas princess, but whatever. You're the Christmas <laughs> I present. I am. I'm the Christmas present, baby. Um, but, uh, so we, we have the, the opening, and then we get to Bob coming home with a tiny, tiny little tree. With a Snoopy tree, basically. Yeah. A Charlie Brown tree. It was the best of three lots, because it was the day before Christmas. He was like, it's $12, and Emily's like, well, why don't you spend $15 and get a bigger one? He was like, well, it was 15 I got him down to 12 Yes. Like, you haggled on Christmas Eve? You had, yeah. <laughs> because I, I was, I'm walking down the street uh, on 6th Avenue today, and I saw someone... Selling trees. You can buy trees all over the place. Yeah, Sixth everywhere. Avenue. I know it's a big avenue, but if you're in the city, there are trees on Sixth Avenue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then the neighbor, Howard, uh, comes in. I and So Bill Daly is a goofball, and I love Bill Daly. His energy is chaos. So he comes from <laughs> I Dream of Genie, which I've learned a lot about Bill Daly yeah. probably since the last time that I wrote, since we talked about Bob Newhart show, because of all the Genie research I've done. And he was a jazz musician in Chicago, I do believe. Really? He was a jazz musician, and he's a a bassist. I have a photo of him behind me because this TV is named Howard after Howard Borden. (laughs) Because I got it like a week after Bill Daly died. And so I painted that in honor of him. Anyway, uh, so yeah, he was an improviser and also a cameraman. He and Bob like met at a TV studio in the early 60s in Chicago. And then Bill Daly, like, got kind of fell backwards into getting I Dream of Genie. He also was um, the original lead of My Mother the Car. I think he filmed both of them at the same time, and he went for Genie. Well, that was the, that was was the right... smart move! Um, but, yeah, he's... But, like, he didn't really like being on Genie because Sidney Sheldon is an interesting writer where he writes Stream of Consciousness by oh. dictating it to his secretary. So therefore, all of his scripts are very dialogue-heavy and not no physical comedy. So Bill and Larry Hagman would have to, like, come up with physical comedy to make things funny every single time. So he did... He was kind of iffy on Genie. Loved the people. Bob Newhart show, he loved. Loved it. But hated having to mem- memorize all these scripts because <laughs> they're very dense. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, when you do that, when you do that stream of consciousness thing, anything can happen. And that's that is genie. That is genie. Oof. Well, so Howard comes in. He has a gift for under the tree. Where's um, the tree? It's like right this tiny little tree. Um, he, he gets a gift. They give him a gift because he's the neighbor, the nosy neighbor yeah. that's there all the time. They give him a great gift. He doesn't want to open it up though because of a very relatable reason. He doesn't want to show feelings. He doesn't know, like, if I don't like it, I don't, I won't be able to hide it. I don't want you to see that. But if I really love it and I get misty-eyed, that'll be embarrassing. So his plan is to take it to where he's flying, because he's an airline pilot. He's an navigator. He's flying to Copenhagen. He says, I'll open it in Copenhagen because no one knows me there. (laughs) I mean, you could could literally open it in the plane. Well, you probably couldn't, because if you get misty, then you have to fly the plane and you're all emotional. Uh, That's a bad idea. Well, and then, so, like, Bob is like, oh, then we have the funny pancake thing. Yeah, Emily makes pancakes, and, and she says, oh, but, uh, Howard, you wouldn't want to stay for pancakes. And he says, yeah, I can. I have, it was like an hour before the flight or something. Yeah. It's like, okay. <laughs> it's not the most, no, well, also, this is a time when, like, airline, you could just, like, walk in. Yeah. This is like, hey, I'm, I, I have a big trench coat. No one's going to yeah. stop me. Yeah, things it is things wild. changed uh, yeah. Yeah. in our lifetimes. Yeah, fun. Uh, so he, he it's a nice little gag of like she starts handing him pancakes. He's like, "Well, say when," and then it gets all the way down to just one left. He's like, "When?" Okay. <laughs> and, and to her credit, she doesn't say, "Give me those pancakes back." You mooch. She's she, like, "Okay, well, I'll make more." And Howard's like, "I don't think I can have any." <laughs> <laughs> and and Bob can't have them anyway because he has to go to work he has one so let's talk about so like he goes and he he like gets on his coke because he has to go he has one appointment it's also the holiday party at the office yeah and he's like listen i'm not gonna stay because i know two o'clock someone spikes the punch bowl 205 
Two o'clock Carol tells me off, two o five the punch bowl gets spiked, the water cooler gets spiked. The water cooler gets spiked. And then four PM like the the ear, nose, and throat guys come down and challenge us to rooftop hockey, and then Jerry sings my like all I want for Christmas are too far. He knows what's gonna happen. Yes. And I wanted to ask, what is your history with office parties? Office Christmas parties. That are they similar to what we see in this episode? I've been to small Christmas parties, office Christmas parties that I've loved because mm-hmm. it, it you you hang out with your friends, you talk at, you talk with them, and and especially if it's if it's a, a potluck, that was fun when I was in North Carolina. Ah. Um, but then I came to New York and they became these big, huge things. Like um, the, my first office party, I was working at uh, Agency RX which isn't an agency anymore. And they had it at the, I think it was the Metropolitan Club. Like, it, this was like one of those like enormous antique men's clubs from the 1800s. Oh. And, you know, it was Lovely three floors there. and like, oh, we're all going to meet at nine o'clock in the library to have a toast to our... Because, <laughs> you know, it was part of a network. So the entire network had this, there were thousands of people at oh. this place. Um... This year, uh, I know the office is going to have a Christmas party, but we're so decentralized that, you know, I came in for the the summer party and I sat there and I'm like, I know three people. I stayed in my, in my, in an off, an empty office the entire day, except when I went out to get Sparrow pizza. (laughs) Your favorite New York pizza. I did not want to socialize with anyone. I suddenly got anxiety. No. Yeah. Barb, what about you? Well, um... When I, I worked for an internet startup for like a year or two, and those Christmas parties or holiday parties were nuts because it's like an internet startup, so they like have to show out. I think oh. first the first year we had it at the Boathouse in Central Park. I've been to that. Yeah, like, like that. and we had like half of it. There was a live band playing they for like dance you could dance to, and then everyone got a Kindle Fire. <laughs> this was shit. the year that Kindle Fires were new, uh, and then the next year we got. Uh, that Bluetooth speaker, that is, that Jawbone Bluetooth speaker that's on the floor. Oh. <laughs> uh, that, it, it fell, okay? I, I don't keep it on the floor. I use it for my record player. Still, that was like 10 years ago. Um, and then uh, current office parties, we go to, uh, there's like a big, like, club bar thing in Midtown that they rent out. Okay. Um, so, last year, someone got COVID, like, the day of, and so they still had it, which is cool. Oh. Um, and... This year, it was last night. Oh. And I'm on mental health leave, baby, so I did not go. A little <laughs> behind-the-scenes <laughs> trivia uh, for Mustard So TV. I, yeah, um, which is how I have the time to do this. And to also make my holiday special, which you can watch uh, most of it. Well, it'll be on YouTube. I got two numbers up already. Anyway. Ooh. Um, but yeah, I, I, love, I do love a holiday party, though, because I love getting dressed up. Clearly, um, <laughs> we, we, companies have stopped giving things. At least the ones that I've been to. Oh yeah. For a while, it was like okay, you get a little nice little gift basket, and then it turned into a bottle of wine, and then now it's nothing. Yeah, okay, yeah. But, oh yeah, no, we don't. We get um like merch with the company logo on it, which is like okay, this. Ain't... <laughs> I worked at a company that had the merch, but they kept it in a closet, and we and. It just happened that I was there one day that the boss was there, and she opened up the closet, and she just said, take whatever you want. So we <laughs> oh, got, it's like the prize closet at Wizard Magazine, which is where most of those statues came from. I remember that. Um, yeah. That was <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so Bob's only going to go, and he's not going to stay for the party. And so then we see... Well, we they have a plan. Oh, yeah. They yeah. are going to, oh. they're going to make... Uh, they're going to open Christmas gifts... At home, she's going to make a, a goose. Emily's going to make a goose. Ugh. And then they're going to have sex. Yeah. They're like, because like, Howard's like, oh, I, uh, being alone, I wish I could be here with you. And they're kind of like, well, I mean, you know, we don't, we're, we're happy about being Yeah. Here. And it's work. great. And so, like, this, I wrote an article for work a couple of years ago about how the Bob Newhart Show's Christmas episodes, of which there are six. I do believe they did one every single year. That's good. It prepared me for the types of Christmases that I have now, where it is just me and my husband in our apartment. Because Christmas episodes are primarily about, like, getting people together. They're about, like, going home to the family or inviting the co-workers over or getting 
you know, stuck in a uh, garage, in Mickey Rooney's garage, <laughs> which is a uh, Full House episode. It doesn't help that you watch a nonstop stream of Hallmark Christmas films. Hi. That... That all all about going home, yeah. baby, and then staying there. Family, family, family. Um, so, like, the, this is, like, one of the only shows I can think of where, for the most part, it is, like, their Christmas Eves are the two of them together. The season one episode ends, they have a big party in season one for all of his patients because they're all sad. And Bob throws an impromptu party. Then when they all leave, it's this gorgeous shot of, like, they turn off the lights. And it's just Bob and Emily illuminated by the Christmas tree. And then they have and sex. Then, and then they kiss. And, and then they're they like, have, and then they then off camera they will go have sex, which I love. I'm um, glad that they that they they actually do have. Bob Newhart sex. is hot. I also have a major crush on Bob Newhart. My love for him is so many levels <laughs> <laughs> because it, it is it his father figure. It is also like mentor, and then also yeah. So it's a lot. So we can he gets to the the office party. Now we can see that it is snowing, which becomes a plot point. Yeah, major. It is snowing, but he gets to the office. He has one patient. Oh, the office is so good. I love the I love the way the office is decorated. Because <laughs> Carol sits in the center of like the yeah. lobby area in a circular desk, the kind they were trying to give Ron Swanson that he was like, no thank you. <laughs> uh, and there's just like tinsel everywhere. Garland everywhere. Just like haphazardly kind of you go big for your Christmas it's episode. So good. And it's it, it feels like the kind of stuff that's like, this is literally in a closet next to some brooms 11 months out of the year. Yeah. And then, like, Carol brings it out, just puts all this weird stuff up everywhere. <laughs> and I love that. And she is, of course, already schwacked. Yeah. The, the water cooler is filled with martinis. Yeah, but the coffee and- maker is all Irish coffee. Yes, so <laughs> and then is- he's like, can I get some water? And she's like, no, if you want some martinis. Ugh. <laughs> so the people the people at the office, we have uh, Dr. Tupperman. A play- recurring. Played by Larry Gelman, uh, who did Maud. He did Odd Couple. Um, he was Sigmund Fruitcake in the Super Mario Brothers Super Show. Ooh. However, the one that I know him from, weirdly enough, is from the triple X version of Alice in Wonderland. Oh, he's in that? He played the White Rabbit. Oh, wow. He does not get naked. Oh, God. Bernie Tupperman. Bernie Tupperman. We watched that at an Easter party. Yeah, because it had rabbits in it. Yeah. 2008, so that was a long time. Um, Also there is uh, Dr. Jerry Robinson. Peter Bonners. uh, Who is still alive. He was in 139 episodes of this and directed 29 episodes of it. And he went on to direct everything. I mean, like, he is, he he was one of the primary directors of the early Friends seasons. Yes, and he directed almost 100 episodes of Murphy Brown. Yes, okay, so that was where he found a home. Uh, also ER. So he was, <laughs> I mean, he's he's royalty. He's, he's done yeah, a lot. He, like, yeah, and he... Um, is also, I mean, him and Bob are the only surviving cast members. Because uh, Suzanne Plachette died a while ago. and Marshall five, I think. Wallace yeah. died maybe 10 years ago. Um, Bill died in 2018, yeah. I do believe. And uh, Mr. Carlin, Jack Riley, died sometime around then, too. So, like, it's... Uh, uh, Peter Barnes is still alive. Um the, the the patient that Bob is seeing. He's only oh, seeing one patient today. An iconic. <laughs> uh, Mr. Peterson, played by John Fielder. Fiedler. Fiedler. Yeah. Fiedler. Do you know what he was famous for? Uh, Piglet, baby. Yeah, he played Piglet from 1968 to 2005. God, yeah, like, and every time my, my husband loves Wayne the Pooh, so every time he's on TV, I'm like, hey, you know that's Piglet? <laughs> yeah, and you can tell. Oh no, yeah, like that's his voice. Yeah, his voice is Piglet. He is, Piglet. and so he is also in. What I love about Christmas episodes is John Fiedler is also in uh, Christmas and the Hard Luck Kid, the That Girl episode that I did in the podcast a while back with Paul Montgomery, um, and he plays the principal of the school. And then he's in um, the Twilight Zone episode, mm-hmm. uh, Night of the Meek. Yep. Right? Yeah. Starring Art Carney. Yeah. So, like, he is in a lot of Christmas episodes. He just keeps... And he's in a couple others. Like, he pops up in all these other shows. Yeah. I love him so much. (laughs) And so, yeah, he shows up... uh, Oh, before that, there is the gift exchanges. Where Bob got Carol a gift, and he, like, hands it to her. It is a 
bun warmer. What is that? Is that like just like a heating pad or is it for baked goods? I want to say it's for baked goods. I think it's for baked goods. Because I don't know, bun warmers are a thing, 70s thing, I guess. I, it, it's... Like hot plates. Yeah, well, she seemed, she seemed like, oh, this is exciting. Yeah. <laughs> she was actually excited for it. And, and, like, <laughs> and Jerry got gloves and a ski and mask. A ski mask. And so, like, because Jerry and Bob got each other's names in the, in yeah. the whatever, the draw. And, but then Jerry hands Bob, like, a huge-ass box. And we get to see Bob's awkward face of, like, uh, I just, okay. What, it's a stereo. It's, it's like a, a stereo. record player stereo system. For Speakers. His for his office. Which yeah. I think, if you have, if you have an office that is your office, I think that's a cool thing to have. Oh, God, yes. I now, mean, hey. Boom, right there. I have not had an office since I moved to New York that I could put anything up in. Oh, God, yeah. those. See, that's like my desk at work before the pandemic. I had a... Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. About 50 action figures on it. Well, I started in North Carolina where it was a, a small company in a big office. So there were enough empty offices that me, even as just starting out, my second year there, I had an office. I put up uh, framed movie posters. Beautiful. It was gorgeous. And then came to New York. I was in a quadricle, which was a cubicle, but it was four people. Uh, then moved to another quadricle and then open office plan happened so now you're at these just long desks where you're sitting next to people now it's gotten to the point where it's you don't even get a desk you have to just sign up for a desk the day that you're going in and say i'd like hot desks hot desks yeah that's where we've got because Bob's office is clearly amazing, as I have modeled my yeah. own office after his. I'm still aiming for perfection, though. Um, so he, he, he hangs out, he brings in Mr. Peterson, uh, who wants to build the stereo, because in the Army he was a munitions expert. <laughs> uh, but Bob dissuades him from that. I don't want to hook it up, not blow it up. But I'm bummed. And then he says, and then he... He breaks up with Mr. Peterson. I know, he basically was just like, you know, I we've done a lot of work together. I remember when you used to be afraid of geese and your wife. getting your wife, getting into cars, that phase where you were afraid of upholstery. Uh, but like you don't have to come see me anymore. And I, this isn't a, this is not an appointment, so I'm not billing you for this. Now I will admit something here. I have had a therapist break up with me. Oh, I I was like, this doesn't happen. This does happen. But wait, does did it happen because you weren't? progressing or this happened I, i'd seen this guy for about maybe two months oh and he just said this is going to be our last session because i can't see you anymore and here i am like five months in i was like i'm burying my soul to you i am ex- like explaining all my problems Absolutely. you had agreed to help and he's just like i think we're done here either i wasn't interesting enough or <laughs> i was too interesting jesus or, yeah. christ so yeah, at that point, I, I found another therapist, but it was very... It, it, yeah, it messed like, me up. Yeah, no, I feel like usually it's on the patient to break up. Yeah. I feel like it's not the therapist's job to decide we aren't... And, and it wasn't something like, I'm moving, or yeah. I'm closing my practice, and, you know, starting a band, or something like that. It's just <laughs> like, I can't see you anymore. 
Uh, I forget his name, but Fuck he you. was in Union Square, and I believe he was very bald. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And boy. you know what? I have a therapist now that I like, and you're still bald. So, hotty, hotty, hot. Same. <laughs> uh, and, uh, yeah, so he breaks up with Mr. Peter. Mr. Peterson's like, are you out of your mind? Like, he just great. I love when uh, Peterson gets mad, because... That it's, voice just gets so high. It's it's Piglet getting mad. Yeah, it's great. About his wife. And so, but then, like, Bob, like, convinces him, and then he, like, walks him out, and Carol, it's so sweet. I love Carol's relationship with Bob's patients. Carol's just like, well, I'll see you uh, next week at the same time. She's like, oh, Carol, you haven't heard the news. <laughs> it's almost like he's going to say, I'm terminal. Like, he's <laughs> just like, Bob said I don't have to come here anymore. And, uh... And it seems like all is well in the world. Mr. Peterson's heading home. Bob is heading home. The goose is cooking. Oh, yeah, he gets back home, and it's like... They have a really lovely exchange. She's like, do you want us to take a gander at the goose? Which I love that, like, Suzanne Blachette's Emily is so cool. Yeah. She's... And when, in season six, when Bob takes off her, she's such a capable lead of a show. And, like, is so good. And I love the little conversation they have about, like, ah, I could go for some hot buttered rum. She's like, well, I'm not a butter and rum. I'll have some hot margarine. And it's just like they have this, like, stupid little couple banter that I adore. That people really do. Yeah. That's how, you know, that's how I talk with with Megan. Yeah. And then he gets a call. And then we get the the one-sided phone call. Of, like, Carol, wait, what, I I can't understand you. It's like, oh, you got a bucket on your head. Okay. <laughs> like, how much coffee have you had? <laughs> um, but then it turns out Mr. Peterson ain't gone nowhere. He come back because he's freaking out. He's having an anxiety attack. So Bob has to go back. And then we get another, like, realistic couple thing of, like, Emily is mad, but she also knows I can't be mad. This is literally my husband's job. Someone's so life this, is on the line. Yeah, so it's this kind of, it's a very smart, because I think lesser sitcoms would be like, now it's our Christmas, tell them to hell screw, or so like, yeah. you know, like, well now, don't expect me to wait, but like, they're adults. They're adults to the whole thing, and she she says, well, keep the goose going, you go out and help him. Yeah, I, you know. You've I, done this before. It's been my birthday two years in a row, last, uh, fourth of July, I don't know. Our anniversary, like, but she's like, go do it. I mean, this is it. Uh, so they get there. The, uh, he comes back. The traffic is bad. We're back in the uh, in the office. The traffic's bad. I haven't even talked about Bob's outfits. <laughs> so uh, if you go to the nattynewheart.tumblr.com, I have cataloged every single outfit that Bob Hartley has worn throughout the entire series. There's also an Instagram account, but I've hit a snag at season four and don't update it anymore. I should. Um... He is, he, throughout the entire episode, he's wearing a gorgeous, like, gray flannel, like, window pane, like, light pattern suit. Uh, and then I love his, like, cashmere, like, overcoat that has the, the lining is that, like, Burberry kind of, like, plaid of, like, black yeah. and red and khaki. It's And then I want the little uh, Cossack hat, I think is what they're called. I don't know what they're called. I know you. I know what the hat is. It's, yeah, it's it's just fur. Yeah, and it, and it's like like I mean, it's like a Russian hat. Yeah, uh, and I want one of those so bad. And he just he looks so handsome, uh, and I love that that is an unspoken. Well, actually, it does get spoken sort of at the end of the episode when Emily's yeah. like, "I got you a present. Don't get your hopes up. It's not clothes." And I like, ugh. Of course, Dr. Hartley loves clothes. The hat blows off because it's been so yeah. cold. He, <laughs> so he, he shows up at the office and everyone, like, party is going. <laughs> yeah, and, and and Jerry is like, how's the visibility out there? And he goes, I don't know, I can't see anything. But, um, yeah. Um, Peterson's there, he's hepped up on coffee, the real stuff. Yeah, the coffee coffee. So imagine Piglet hepped up on coffee. Listen to the speaker, or listen to stereo. And he goes in and he's, and Peterson's basically like freaking out because, and this is, uh, makes sense. Bob did send him out into uh, Christmas Eve retail <laughs> when he was like, what do I do with my hour? And Bob's like, go Christmas shopping. It's like, that's the worst thing to do. Yeah, I just being in the city today on 6th Avenue and around Grand Central, Yeah, it is wall-to-wall people. It is petty cabs, which they probably didn't have 
playing Christmas music in 1973. No, uh, tons of people, tons of people dressed up there to see the tree, there to go shopping, I assume, just yeah. being in New York in the city. In, in, Chicago, in the 73, same thing. Uh, and so, so like, uh, he's like, oh, I want to stay. Like, I don't want to... I really like this scene, Bob. When you see Bob's, like, sensitive psychologist side, it's really sweet. Yeah. Because he was like, well, if you don't think you're better, then you're not better. And you can, like, yeah. He <laughs> says, I'm not well-adjusted. I'm not normal. <laughs> Yay. My therapist never gave me that op- option. And you know what? I was so hurt by it that I wouldn't have gone back to him. Yeah, fuck him. Yeah. Baldy. Uh, but then, of course, power failure. Yeah, power we get, failure. We get power failure. And Peterson's like hit the deck. It's really there's a really funny gag where like power goes out. He's like, Mr. Peterson, it's fine. Like I'm right here. And then lights come up and it's Carol standing there. <laughs> like somehow she's gotten in. Uh, and what I love is like there there's the the office faction of like Jerry's like, hey, cool. This means we get to stay longer. Let's start caroling. <laughs> Where Bob is like, oh, God, no. Because <laughs> he wants to go home, eat a goose, and then have sex with Suzanne Pochette. Oh, God. And so he, we then, like, fade out. We fade back in. We see Emily at home in the apartment alone. And she's, and this is a really cool moment. She's, like, just fiddling with Christmas decorations. A record playing, was it Silent Night? There's a, I think. I forget. No, Sleep in Heavenly Peace. Is that a way of danger? No. I think. I think. Oh god. Anyway, but there's like a there's a record playing, and at first it's cool. Like you think that it's non-diegetic, right? That's you think that it's just like the score. Yeah. But then she walks over to the record player and turns it off, and then the music stops. And I was like, oh, that's such a fun little like, you know, not gag, but like a cool touch. <laughs> I also noticed that she decorated the tree. Oh, yeah. she was the only person who was home to do so. Oh, yeah. I mean, she had decorated that tiny little tree. And Bob finally, like, the phones finally work. He gets to call her, and he explains, you know, what's happened. And she says, like, I've been taking the goose in and out of the oven from hot to cold. It's going to shrink. Like the size like, of a hummingbird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, well, Bob's like, well, at least we can talk to each other. Have you ever eaten goose? No. Neither have I. No. I've only had duck once. That was a long time ago. I've had I've had some duck. I'm just thinking this. I've had frog. I've had frog. frog legs. I've had a cro- uh, alligator. Oh, wow. Alligator's good. Um, well, I, I say this because goose was a big thing in the That Girl episode yeah, we just did. It was a turkey alternative. And now, no, now you don't talk about goose. No, no one talks about goose no one- for... Christmas. Don't they have goose in a Christmas story when they go to the Chinese restaurant and the I think that's duck. Duck, right. They eat duck. Um that's a bad part of that movie. That's the the worst part of that movie. Oh well. Um (laughs) but then the the power goes out, the phones go out, and it's like I do like that um as the like lights are flickering out and Jerry and all them are caroling, Bob says, feel like we're on the Titanic. (laughs) (laughs) Um we go to a commercial break, we come back. We're back at the apartment, and Bob is home. He comes in. Emily's, like, asleep on the couch. Yeah, it's late. late. And Bob, like, is basically, like, frozen solid. And then he has to tell the story to Emily of what happened. His hat blew off. It flew off uh, into a plate glass window. Broke it. (laughs) It was Um, so frozen. He took. He got a cab. He says, but, "Like, but the cab took him to the cabbie's house." I love that. Like the way that he tells this story is such a good Bob Newhart monologue. Yeah. Of like, I took a candle to find a flashlight. I got Mister Peterson. Got him in a cab. I found my car. Car wouldn't start. Got cables to jump it from Jerry. Went back. Found a snowbank with a ticket in it instead. <laughs> so I held a cab. It only took me, like, and he took me home, and that's only four miles from here. Like, yeah. the way he phrases it is so, and then, and then I walk in, and he's like, you walk four miles. miles in the snow? Which, okay, have you ever had to do that? That, so, like, there was a big snow in, like, 2007 or 2008 at Christmas, and I flew back from Tennessee and landed, and I got a cab to take me from LaGuardia to Astoria, or JFK to Astoria, and we only got probably like, oh God, 
20, 30 blocks from my apartment. It was just like standstill traffic because fucking blizzard. And so then I had to just like, okay, I'm just getting out. I was like, here's yeah. money. I'm getting out. And then I had to walk in like a foot of snow, pulling Ooh. my luggage filled with all my Christmas presents Ooh. for like 20 blocks. That's rough. And when I finally got back, to, I had never felt the like, my heart like coming out of my chest. Ooh. Like just like horrible. So I feel you, Bob. I can't think of, I can't think of any time that's happened to me where it's, I've had to walk that far I, feel, I Okay, I feel like when I was living in Queens, there was a time where the trains just decided, hey, we're not going to go to your stop in Briarwood. Yeah, yeah. We'll, uh, we'll let you walk from... Uh, Forest Hills. Far, right? usually, it's usually <laughs> Forest Hills. God. Um, and yeah, those are the days when... It, and that was uh, probably a 45-minute walk. No, the thank snow. you. I do miss that walk. That was right. a good... It was good exercise, 45 as minutes walking. As long as it's not in the snow. As long as it's not in the snow and so, not super cold. So Bob, like Bob's, like I'm gonna go take a hot shower. He's got like a blanket around him. He's like, I'm, gonna, I'm like, let's, yeah, let's, you know, figure. Howard pops back but in. Then there's a knock, and it, I love Bob's immediate reaction. Like, oh, I love, I love. <laughs> Get him out of here. And, he, Bob's a sick man. And Emily's like, that sounds like Howard's knock. And so like Howard comes in, and then Bob has to let him down. But before he can, Howard is like, I would love to spend. Christmas Eve with my two favorite people, but I got a girl or something. Yeah. She doesn't want to spend Christmas with strangers. So, sorry. He gives him a little airplane bottle of champagne, which yeah. is cute. Which are were bigger then than they are now. Mm. And then he leaves. Yep. And, oh, they, they do exchange gifts. Yeah, like, uh, Bob is, they're like, well, before you go take a shower, let's just exchange gifts real quick. And Bob gives her a gift. And she knows exactly what it is because she has opened it and rewrapped it four times <laughs> while waiting. I like that. Uh, and then she, like, gets up to, like, what, put the goose away. She gets up and walks to the kitchen. She has a monologue where the camera is off of her. And she's saying, like, oh, well, I'm going to get your gift. The camera's on, on her. Yeah, the camera's on her. Because she's, off yeah, she's talking about all this stuff that, well, I didn't get you this. Didn't I didn't get you, get you that. I didn't give you the grill. I didn't give you the chest yeah. set. Um, but then when, by the time she gets back, Bob is out. Bob's asleep. And then a moment that when I am not, when I'm going to watch this episode, not putting on makeup <laughs> will make me cry. I just, I love the visual in the moment of the two of them finally alone in front of the tree. Bob is conked out and Emily just says, we'll get him next year. And there's just something so beautiful about this show and the relationship that it has with this couple. Yeah. And the fact that it is just the two of them. And she says, like, we'll get them next year. And that feeling of, like, the two of them versus the world is, like, beautiful. Oh, God. I love, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was... It was it was the first episode of the Bob Newhart show I've ever seen, and I think it was a very it was a very good one. It's a good episode. Oh, it's God, just yeah. very good TV. Uh, you ready for some must-have facts? If I can reach my iPad, get your iPad, and hopefully it's logged into Twitter where I have DM'd my facts to me. Um, <laughs> do you uh, want? I'm, do you want to? Oh yeah, yeah. Let's. You were able to get. Okay. I was going to try to vamp for a little <laughs> bit and ask. You know. No. Talk about what I've been watching. Oh, my bra. I'm about to take this off. Uh, oh, boy. Turn it around. <laughs> this is video content. Uh, we'll have to take off the glove. Oh, God. Because the amount of saliva it takes to get the <laughs> velvet. Because my second gloves, I can just lick and it's fine. Well, you're wearing green gloves. For, for those of you listening at home on any one number of the, the podcast uh, apps... Brett is, or Barb is wearing a blonde wig, a red dress, and green gloves, which is perfect for Christmas. She's a Christmas queen. What can I say? I'm wearing a shirt that says "Burn in Hell," which is the moment. Which was probably stupid for me to wear to this. God damn it! Burning. <laughs> Buttoning up my overhead. Burning that. Okay, for Twitter. Come on, come on. No, please have my password saved. Oh. Twitter, aka X, aka Air Club Code Generator app. 
Oh. Kill me. What? Kill me. Kill me. Uh, you know what? I'll go off memory. My God. I'm not gonna go find... Because the phone has the co-generator app. Anyway, um, I do know that this... Because I did all this research last night. And I know that it, this episode... Okay. The fucking ratings. This week. I could find the week before, and I could find the week after. And, like, the week after Bob Newhart's show was, like, the 12th most watched show. For some reason, this week's Nielsen ratings... Don't, I could not find them. I think that it's because they were at this week they were reporting on the ratings of the entire season up to this week, and so those ratings were out. And it's like, tell me what this episode. But anyway, um, so yeah, so that so it didn't. I don't know. It was probably in like ten, in, you know, top top okay. twenty or so because it had a strong start. Uh, the five shows that were hits around this time. Oh, the week before, I think it was like it was, okay, I know it was All in the Family number one, and then Frosty the Snowman was number two. Oh my gosh! So like it, I guess because it was only four years old at this point so I guess it was <laughs> like the hot new the fact that it was number two is wild to me. Whew. And then it was like the Waltons, I think the Andy Williams special, you know, stuff like that. Nah. So it's Christmassy stuff. I mean, December twenty second, December twenty second is three days before Christmas. Oh yeah. So this is the all the prime Christmas special time. All, yeah, all that stuff. Happened. Which, and so the the lineup that this aired as part of was All in the Family, Nash, Mary Tyler Moore, Bob Newhart, Carol Burnett. This is the Saturday night CBS lineup that is legendary. That is a murderer's yeah, row. Yeah, that of, is. It is like yeah. considered the greatest night of television that's ever existed. Can you say that again? Just go through that. All in the family, it? Mash, Mary Tellamore, Bob Newhart, Carol Burnett. Holy it's shit! It's just like every single one of them is perfection. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, what, so then then we do. Uh, what are you watching? I'm, I'm amazed that you remember these. Oh yeah, I spent a lot of time last night. So it's the Bob Newhart show. Well, this one's easy because the other two... CBS is playing the Bob Newhart show. And then... Uh, oh, God. Oh, uh, one station is playing Fitzwilly. What? Which is a like a crime caper Christmas comedy from the late 60s starring Dick Van Dyke. Oh, okay. Um, that is not really, like, it doesn't really have a good reputation. Like, it's not that good. Really? I don't think. Uh, I tried to watch it a couple years ago. It's Willy. Yeah. And then there's another one, and I can't remember what it's called, but the plot was, like, the wives of three, like, business tycoons are kidnapped, and they need to, like, pull the money together to get their wives back, but one of the guys doesn't want to. <laughs> <laughs> And that's the movie. <laughs> so, right, what are you watching? I'm probably watching Newhart. <laughs> I, I probably didn't see Fitzwilly in the theaters, so I might be interested in Fitzwilly, but I'm probably not. I'm probably switching over to Bob Newhart, even if I'm watching Fitzwilly. Yeah. So I'm just gonna say Bob Newhart. Yeah. Yeah. This is my this is my night of television, baby. Yeah, you're you're here for the whole. This night. is my um. Now I did. I was looking up trying to find like what was the vibe of Christmas 73. So, oh, there's there were two animated specials that debuted this year. One was, like, The Bear Who Slept Through Christmas. Okay, I've heard that one. Uh, that was done by... Oh, it's a Chuck Jones directed it. Okay. So, pedigree. And then the other one was, like, A Merry Cricket Christmas? It was something about cricket. But it wasn't the Rankin Bass. Rankin Bass. It wasn't Cricket in Times Square. No, that might have been a sequel to it. Oh, it was a matter of, like it was called like a Cricket Christmas or something. But it starred Artie Johnson, Barbara Feldon, and oh, one of the Smothers brothers, Tom Smothers. Okay, <laughs> so good. He was the funnier of the two. Yeah, and, like, uh, both of them are still alive. Wild. It's so crazy. It was Dick Cavett, right? Yeah, yeah. Dick Cavett's pretty um, much still alive. But yeah, but like uh, those have not stood the test of time. Can't rerun every year. That's true. And then I found I was like looking for like what were the controversies? Because what is funny is 
using newspapers.com, I believe I found the first instance of people being angry about uh, saying happy holidays, oh, which really? is like 1990. And it, that was 30 something years ago. And yet every single year, Republicans and conservatives act like all of a sudden we can't say happy. Like, and it's like, y'all been saying this for 30 fucking years. Now this, what the controversy in 1973 though, was Ithaca, New York public schools like quietly decided like when it comes to teaching Christmas carols, in our public elementary schools, we are only doing secular ones. Oh. Like, so, which is, like, you know, separation church and state. If, you know, Silent Night, Oh Holy Night, Away in a Manger, it's like, kids, we're going to focus on Jingle Bells, uh, 12 Days of Christmas, etc. It's Santa rather than the birth of Jesus. Yeah, which is, but what is funny is, like, um, kids can still learn these songs if it is through a, like, group that they had joined at the school. <laughs> so, like, you're not going to learn it in music class, but if you have opted to join a group, like, you know, Christian athletes or, like, you know, science, yeah. and they decide, fine, because you have opted to join that group. Opt in. Yeah. yeah. And also, if those songs are on records that kids bring in to play in That's class, okay. that is also that okay. Man, that kind of makes sense. So and so it's like so but people of course still lost their shit over this. Oh, of course. And it's like <laughs> it's like well in theory you're going to church, right? They'll learn them at church. If you're so holy that you're mad at the school, <laughs> take your kid to Sunday school. They'll learn it there. Um but it's also like they can still sing them in clubs and also they can play them on records. You can imagine what kind of shit show it would be if someone brought in a record and it's just like, oh, we're going to learn Silent Night. We're, we're not even learn. We're just going to play Silent Night. And someone got upset about that. Yeah. They, they have to kind of let that, they have to let that slide. There, there's, there's only so much control they can have. There was a really weird story uh, that I read that was someone had written in to the newspaper that was like, you know, my so we're Jewish and my daughter was cast as a as a star, or as an angel in, like, the public school Christmas play. <laughs> and she was like, Daddy, like, what do I do? Do I need to be the angel? And and I said to my daughter, yes, be their angel. Oh, Like, God. it's the Christmas spirit. So, like... <laughs> I mean, be an Old Testament angel. Yeah. Be the, the wheels with eyes yeah. on the, the flaming. I, I just got back uh, a week ago from... Uh, a a uh, Bible literature conference in San Antonio, <laughs> and I got to hear all the just bizarre non-canonical scripture stories. Um, and that's what I might start actually doing some research in. But just these amazing like stories of uh, the Acts of Andrew and Matthias, where they go to the land of man-eating cannibals. Whoa! Or uh, the death of Moses. Where's those veggie tales? The death of Moses, where a bunch of angels get come down, and they say, "Hey, we're going. Hey, Moses, want to hang out with us?" And Moses is like, "Yeah, you guys are cool." And they're like, "You know what we're gonna do? Let's dig a grave." And Moses is like, "Oh, I'll help you dig that grave because you guys are cool. You guys are cool angels." And the angels are like, "You know what? I don't know if the, the grave is big enough." Moses, you want to get in the grave what? and see if it's big <laughs> enough? And Moses is like, "Yeah, that's that sounds that makes sense." And, and then he goes into the grave and he dies. And <laughs> this is no joke. This is literally... Wait, like, how does Moses die in the Bible? We don't know. We don't... That's the thing. Is they, he, they don't... Wow. They don't say where he is buried. Because they other places, like the Tomb of the Patriarchs, they tell you, like, oh, that's this is where these people are buried. But Moses is a mystery. That's insane. So to explain this... These angels are like, hey, punked him. Did we did we get this? Uh, did we get the depth of this grave right? Did we get the the height of this grave? Moses, how about you get in and just and just check it out for us? And he's like, sure. And then he dies. Jesus, it's <laughs> Jesus. An, it's an Ethiopian <laughs> book. I uh, love that. Based on uh, other books, I learned so much bizarre shit. And so, <laughs> like anything about like flaming creatures with eyes different kind of yeah let's do those heralds baby yeah Our, those herald angels screech Ooh. <laughs> yes uh so yeah that that's what's going on christmas 73 um i don't know what people rated this episode on imdb 
Uh, who had the must-see performance? Um, this is a tough one because I initially thought it was it was Mr. Peterson as as you know Piglet going to a therapist. Yeah, but it's 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 not. I think it's probably Bob. It's Bob. Yeah, this episode has a lot of good range of Bob because you get like annoyed Bob, you get but and you also get like exasperated Bob. It's it's a very good episode for him. Yeah. So and also, uh, yeah, his outfits. <laughs> God, I love them so much. I want that suit. Uh, and uh, most other people see this episode for Christmas. Yeah, go for it. Go baby. see it. It's uh, it's on Freebie. Yeah. And, and I know of them, so like the one, I think the, the Bob Newhart Show Christmas episode that people really remember is the episode titled, Bob Has to Have His Tonsils Out So He Spends Christmas Eve in the Hospital, which is the title of the episode. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> in parentheses, he does not have sex with Suzanne no, Pichette. Well, um, but like, and that's also a good episode. I think that's season four, but I love this one so much. Um, he wears a very, he looks very handsome in a tuxedo in the season three Christmas episode, though, because he's going to the opera and he has a blue uh, shirt on and it's very handsome. Um, is that everything that we do? Yeah, let's go get some Diet Coke and have some chips. Now we have a Christmas party to actually do. Yeah. I have had one Lara bar to eat today. <laughs> um, so yeah, thanks everybody for uh, watching or listening. Fingers crossed the audio is good. We never done it like this before. Yeah. Uh, done. And uh, Merry Holidays to everybody. You're Merry like, holidays oh. to everyone. <laughs> your 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 podcast parents love you. <laughs> ah. Okay. We'll see you soon. Thanks to Bye. Acast. Bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.